You're listening to another sermon by Pastor Michael Zapata from the Potter's House Christian Church. Praise God. If you brought your Bibles this evening, let's turn to the book of Psalms. Book of Psalms, chapter 37. I'm going to be reading from verse 23 through to 25 out of the book of Psalms 37. Simon Beck has been creating elaborate outdoor art since 2004. And the only thing that he's using to be able to create this outdoor art is a pair of snowshoes. He puts these snowshoes on and he walks in the snow sometimes up to 32 hours so it takes him a few days and he creates images in the snow and so if we have a few photos you could go through those quickly the largest one that he's made is of a seven, I think, seven-leaf clover or something around those, which is the size of six soccer fields. He does this one step at a time. All those are just steps. Him stepping, using a compass to be able to get straight lines uh, and then navigating through to be able to draw these elaborate uh, drawings in the snow. He now, he now boasts of having 284,000 followers, people traveling from around the world to actually witness and see these creations made in the snow. The tragedy is, is that when bad weather hits, these elaborate, you know, arts of, uh, you know, in the snow can be totally wiped out. And so they asked him, you know, you know, what's the terrible thing that happens? What, how do you feel about when the wet, bad weather comes? Uh, uh, he says, as long as the weather holds off long enough for me to just take one picture, I consider it a job well done. Now, I want you to think about something, because much of the Christian life is just like this. It's one step at a time. It's one moment at a time, it's one day at a time, it's one month, one year at a time. One foot in front of the other, many times not seeing exactly the picture or things that we want to be seeing in our lives. But what you have to settle in your mind is that God sees the bigger picture. I can only imagine while Simon Beck is walking through and all he's seeing is just step after step after step. It's only until you finally Google out that you begin to see exactly what is being created one step at a time. And so I want to preach to you a sermon, the big picture, out of the book of Psalms, chapter 37, verse 23 through to 25. The Bible says these words, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging for bread. The big picture. I want to look firstly and focus on one step at a time. Now, there's an old saying that says you have to learn to walk before you can run. And this basically speaks about a 
mentality that is very rapidly trying to always go further faster so that they could achieve more things. Now, the misconception of that mentality is that in trying to do things hastily and rapidly and as fast as you can and efficiently, many times uh, the uh, preciseness or even the, the quality ha is, always, uh, uh, is always done away with. That something has to go amiss because you are trying to do a fast job. And so this mentality many times breeds into uh, our everyday life, that we want everything rapidly, two-minute noodles. I want to be able to zap something, have my food, because I'm hungry right now, and I don't want to get hangry, right? We've all been there. And so here is this mentality, quick, efficient, uh, precise, but, but something is always going to give in regards to quality when you're trying to do a job very quickly. We all feel, uh, you know, the dread, the moment we jump onto the M1. And just last week, having the M1 go into, you know, absolute gridlock because of one man who tipped over a truck and oil fell. And now, all of a sudden, it's bumper to bumper, hour after hour, not getting anywhere. Why? Because we have places to be, people to see, uh, and you are stopping me from doing that. That mentality breeds this impatient uh, generation where if something is not entertaining me for that split moment, if I'm not always having all my five senses stimulated, uh, then I'm not enjoying this. I'm not meeting uh, my full potential. And so therefore, I need to move on. I need to go somewhere else. Uh, and so this ultimately begins to navigate or dictate our life choices what we do, how long we do it for, and whether we find uh, fulfillment in that. Now, this is what's significant about our scripture. The Bible says that the steps of a man, right? And I want you to just focus on one step. Because many times we get caught up in the misconception that, well, I don't want to take a step. I don't want to walk. I want to get into the car and I want to drive there because it's faster. Right? Everyone that has a license thinks like that. Why would I walk down to the shops when I can jump into my car? That's a tragedy today that we miss in a powerful lesson when it comes to walking. When it comes to understanding the power of just one step at a time. It's the principle of taking something slowly. Sometimes it's good to just take it one step at a time. The scripture would have been written at a time where transportation was very limited. In fact, only those that were rich or of nobility would have been able to have a horse and a cart and be able to transport or even go and commute very quickly. And so you can only imagine it how this is pinpointing every single person at that generation. Your legs are going to carry you from one place to another, and the best way of doing it is just one step at a time. Now, steps force us to fall in love with a process. Nobody likes a process, right? Let's be honest. I want a pill that can just cause me to lose weight and look ripped in under a week. My wife and I, we've been 
doing just a little bit of exercise and she is very disciplined, I am not. And that's why we make the perfect couple because she's like, should we work out? And I think, maybe not today, I'm a little sore. Why not tomorrow? Is that, no, 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 we have to continue. Otherwise, we're going to lose momentum. We're going to get out of a, uh, you know, the mentality. Why? Because she understands the process. You can't just do it just once and hit and miss. Uh, start one day, forget the next. Uh, it is the process that you need to fall in love with. I'm going to do this every day repetitively uh, so that I gain some momentum. Uh, and so here is the understanding of falling in love with the process that just because now uh, you need to change maybe your appetite maybe your uh, uh, you know certain things uh, uh, that uh, you have indulged in now you've got to change that it's not just going to be quick and easy and automatically you're going to have to now uh, be able to uh, change things and it's going to take more than one sitting in first peter chapter 1 verses 5 through to 8 the bible is speaking about a process that takes place in every Christian's life. It says in verse 5 through to 8, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. To virtue, knowledge. To knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours, you are bound and you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I want you to think about something, right? When you get saved, you are now one into the kingdom of heaven. There is a new spirit inside of you and now God is moving in your life. But the Bible says you're not fully complete. In fact, you're a part of a process and that process now is taking place that you add to your faith, virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance. In other words, the Bible says the moment you get saved, you don't get up and just go, oh my goodness, no longer do I crave the flesh or desire anything ungodly. You are now a part of the process and you're going to have to learn to be able to gain dominion in your Christian walk. There is no fast track. There is no easy way. Sometimes it's one day at a time. Sometimes it's one week at a time. But it is one foot in front of the other, making sure we are always moving forward. That is the Christian life. There is no easy way. There is no shortcuts. Uh, there are no benefits. Even if you know someone in high places, uh, it doesn't matter that day. You can't step into the presence and go, do you know who my great, 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 great grandfather was? It's irrelevant. This is a personal relationship between you and God and your walk is one step at a time. This is where the disciples struggled. The Bible says that they approached Jesus Christ and they said to him, Grant us that we may sit one on your right hand and the other on the left in your glory. 
But Jesus said to them, you do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? Here Jesus was going to be going to the cross, be crucified, and then have to raise again. And here are the two disciples that say, we want to sit at the right and the left hand side of you. We want to be enthroned with you. And Jesus says, no, 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 I'm not going to a throne on, the, on this earth. I'm going to be crucified and then have to raise again you have no understanding you can't just because you know me there's no fast track there's no easy way there's no perks necessarily now all of a sudden you're special to 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 god because of your name or your your you know your color or the the way that you speak no no no. the moment you get saved now you are part of the process And it is falling in love with this process that will help you to understand it's one step at a time. This is where many go wrong. They watch others excel. They get maybe saved at the same time. When someone excels, they begin to understand the Word of God faster than the other person. Or maybe they see their brother and sister. Maybe, you know, she gets married, you didn't. You didn't get picked. And all of a sudden it's like, oh man, you know, and they begin to flip out. And I've seen many good people that get grow impatient in trying to fall in love with the process. Just one step at a time. Don't get over-anxious. Don't feel as though you've missed out or something's gone wrong. There is no alternatives. There is no way to cheat your way to the top. The truth is, is that if we're going to be able to achieve uh, some type of success for the kingdom of heaven... Uh, It's not going to be based on what the natural eye sees. It's going to be whether we allow God to order our steps. And notice how the Bible says the steps of a good man. In other words, there are many people where they run ahead, they cheat, they do things and they gain a type of success. But by the time that they gather that, they're definitely not good people. And what we're trying to do is still stay right and righteous in the eyes of God. And that's a challenge because it's one step at a time. So let's look secondly at getting back up. Now, nobody who enters into this life of Christianity is able to ever uh, remove the uh, reality of failure. The moment you get saved, like I said, not everything is automatically given to you. It's a process that takes time. And failure is a big part of life and a big part of your Christian walk. There are things that you're going to recognize, that's not good for me, I'm not going to do that again. You're going to recognize those people aren't good for me, I can't hang out with that. Or those places aren't good for my Christian walk. And so you learn by experience. Yes, there are others that can guide you and navigate, uh, you know, help you through your Christian walk. But many times it is a practical application where you will begin to recognize things are good for me and things are not good for me. Unfortunately, failure is something that many people flee from. It's the fight or flight syndrome that many times 
people are held captive. Uh, there are things that they don't know how to process, uh, and instead of a time to fight, uh, they run away, uh, uh, they escape it, they, they feel as though they can't fight, and so they, they feel weak, they feel as though they've, uh, uh, they've let God down, they can't uh, uh, be uh, known as a Christian, and condemnation comes. We have an attack uh, that assaults the mind. Listen to me, uh, you have to understand failure is a big part uh, of the Christian walk. Now, hopefully, we can have more wins than failures in your Christian walk. It, hopefully, it's not just a life of failure. But the truth is, is that failure is a big part. and We cannot fear it. Even fear itself is imperative for you to survive. If you didn't have fear, if there weren't things that you feared, you wouldn't live as long. You would walk into oncoming traffic, not fearing that they would hit you and you would pass away. You would fall off the edge of a cliff because you would not fear the edge and again, pass away. And so fear, again, is another factor that helps you to be able to learn what is good for you and what is bad for you. Now, having this understanding, we have the process, fear, failure, that becomes imperative to achieving God's destiny for our own personal life. Our scripture sheds light on God's grace. Psalms 37 verse 24, Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Now there is a difference here, because what we have is a falling, right? It's not a deliberate sin, it's not a, a, a total rebellion towards God, we have falling as a part of our Christian walk, that we do something, we recognize that we have fallen, but we get back up and we continue in the walk of God. We don't just stay down, we don't just you know, surrender, but rather we get back up. It's that action that again causes us not to be cast down. That word cast down means to hurl or to throw away. And so here the Bible is saying, listen, you may stumble, you may fall, but if you repent and get yourself back up, you will not be thrown away. You're not going to be cast out into, uh, uh, you know, out of darkness. There is hope. And that's good news. Amen. That if you maybe make a mistake or you realize, you know what, this is somewhere I don't want to be or go uh, and, and you begin to backtrack and go, okay, this is not healthy for my Christian walk. Uh, I've got to stop doing this. Uh, it is that moment of sanity that is still in your life uh, that causes you once again to fall into the hands uh, of a grace, gracious God. Think about the patriarchs of our faith, those who failed um, in their own personal lives. Noah, the Bible says, he built an ark he saved his family. And what was the first thing after building a vineyard that he did? He got drunk and he was in a drunken stupor that he passed out completely starkers. And his own kids recognized, what are you doing, Dad? One of them looked on his nakedness, was cursed as a result. That's Noah. Then you have Abraham who pretended that his wife was only his sister and she was taken to be with another man and nearly lost his marriage. How many know that would have been ro rocky, rocky weeks ahead for Abraham and Sarah lying in bed together. So, how are you doing now? You're still over it now? 
you gave me to another man. Right? That would put a little bit of friction in the family, in the, in the marriage. But that was Abraham. I was just looking after myself, honey. I didn't want to die. <laughs> Thanks. You have Judah. Got his son's widow wife pregnant. You have David who impregnated Bathsheba, killed Uriah, her husband, and continued to pretend like nothing happened at all. These are the patriarchs of our faith. Now, thank God they didn't just stay in those sinful states and go, yeah, yeah, this is fine. God is all loving and gracious. No, no, no. They understood they did wrong. They repented, got their hearts right, and now we have uh, the continual of uh, the lineage to Jesus Christ where we have uh, our Savior is born and the entire world is now able to be redeemed for those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, what you have to understand is that Christianity uh, is not about who you are today. It's what you can become. And this is what it means to be held in the hands of God, that you are trusting in His ways, that many times we're one foot in front of the other. I don't know where I'm going. I don't exactly know what you have for me, but Lord, I'm going to trust in you so that even if the devil comes and tries to beguile me, deceive me and destroy my future, I am at your mercy, Lord, that you would catch me and help me so I don't be cast away. Prayer for us is to remain humble, to be willing to repent and put your hand up at the moment where you realize I've done wrong. I'm at fault. It's not God. It's not anybody else. It's just how it is. Be willing to get back up. If you fall, dust off the, you know, the mud off your jeans, off your pants, and we're back at it. I'm back in church. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to do what's right. I'm not just going to give up. Let's look thirdly and in close.